Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. Today, we're talking about the new heavens and the new earth from Revelation chapter 21. I would like to start with the two basic questions that people need to have solid answers for in order to be properly oriented. In other words, know who they are, why they're here, what their future entails. And there's a very important paragraph in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, section 282, and it talks about the basic questions that men of all times have asked themselves. Where do we come from? That's question one. Where are we going? Question two, in case you can't guess, Revelation chapter 21 answers that second question. Where are we going? And it goes on, it says, where does everything that exists come from and where is it going? And again, we're going to be answering from Revelation 21 where it's going. But the catechism goes on to say the two questions— the first about the origin, and the second about the end are inseparable. They are decisive for the meaning and orientation of our life and actions. We call this orientation of our life and actions and meaning in life your worldview. And you've probably heard me say several times, if you listen to our companion broadcast, Faith and Family Radio, my passion for families in the 21st century through my family broadcast is to assist Catholic parents to raise children in such a way is that they don't fall away from the faith when they enter the late teen years or young adult years. There's a massive falling away going on. And in order to prevent that falling away, I've been sharing any number of things to prevent that. But here we are today. Here we are where the catechism says these are the basic questions of our life. And we need to know where we're going. And I dare say many, if not most, of Catholic folks today do not know our end, do not know where we're going. You say, oh, come on, we know where we're going. We're going to heaven. Just just hang on a little bit, okay? You've got to get these questions right. And this is why studying the future is so important for this. But before we get going too far, and I've urged you to do this, because I dare say uh, parents will be shocked, catechists will be shocked, uh, priests will be shocked, If they simply ask uh, their folks to do this, or your parents ask your children to do this, write a simple paragraph on what eternal life will be like after the second coming of Christ. In other words, what will you yourself be like, and where will it take place, and what do you have a notion of what everything will be like? And just very simple, maybe kind of like fold a piece of paper in half so, you know, nothing long and elaborate, just what will eternal life be like? And my guess is that the majority of Catholic children, youth, and adults will get their descriptions dead wrong. Now you say, well, we catechize our kids on the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Now, you're going to think I'm wildly heretical here, but I'm just saying point blank, that is woefully inadequate. 
You just can't mention the four last. Those are simply summaries of any number of important last things going on. St. Paul said, for instance, if we don't have an accurate picture of our future resurrected bodily life, in other words, what that will be like, then people who are following Christ, listen to this, are most to be pitied. (laughs) Pitied. And do you know that without the proper view of the end, the beginning and the end, but we're talking about the end today, you're going to be disoriented, your life, your actions, and guess what? Your morals. This is what St. Paul said. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all men most to be pitied. So what are we going to do if we don't have a real life to look forward to? St. Paul answers, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. In other words, the real fun in human existence is right now because there's whatever we're looking forward to isn't much to look forward to. So should we be surprised that our young adults prefer drunken parties to becoming an eternal ghost floating around in some celestial cloud with Elvis mansions in heaven? Sorry, I'm trying to be a little strong here because our notions are dead wrong. Here it is. Eternal life after the second coming of Christ will not be in heaven. And I'll repeat that one more time because there's probably a thousand hymns and songs and comments about heaven that you've heard that say just the opposite. And I'll say it again. Eternal life after the second coming of Christ will not be in heaven. Rather, heaven comes down to a new or renewed earth. That's exactly what we're praying for every time we say the Our Father. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And here's how it goes in Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is with men. We don't go up to heaven to be with God after the second coming. Heaven comes down to us. Heaven is the very presence of Christ, according to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And I just need to mention, uh, when I started studying eschatology, I was living in California, and and what I just read kind of really threw a lot of surfers, because it says the sea is no more. And uh, there actually may be a sea The part of the sea that might be no more is what's referred to in Revelation 13, 1. That's where the Antichrist pops up. And there's going to be no more evil coming out of the the dark oceans deep that was so feared by the Hebrews. So whether or not there's an ocean, I don't know. But, you know, surfers relax. What there will be, though, mountains, water, rivers, streams, trees, houses, vineyards, animals— you know, there's a real new earth. You see, if 
human beings were made by God, not just with a soul, but with a body. That's why we'll have new bodies. And we're not made to have new bodies to go flying around a cloud for all eternity. No, when we get our new bodies, we'll have a new earth. It will be paradise restored. This is the way God has designed human beings. You know, for some people, it would regard might be something like torture to have a real human life, a new body, and then just to kind of be living like a ghost somewhere up there, wherever that is. No, we will be on earth in a new body with a new heavens and a new earth. And these are very real bodies, uh, although they'll be different, fitted for the new creation. In Romans chapter 8, there's an important passage, starting in verse uh, 19 of Romans 8. It says, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. At the second coming, there is the resurrection of the body. So our bodies are fitted. We have new bodies for the new creation. It goes on to say in Romans 8, for the creation was subjected to futility. It's winding down. And verse 21 says, the creation will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the glorious liberty of the children of God. In other words, with the resurrection of the body, God is going to make a new earth for our bodies. It will be paradise restored and glorified with the presence of God with us. And heaven, the essence of heaven, is being with God, and God will be with us on earth as in heaven. The two will be joined together, but we will be on the new earth. And it goes on to say in Romans 8, we know that the whole creation has been groaning and travail together until now. Well, most of us don't know that, but there's a certain frustration in creation. And it says, but when we have our redemption of our bodies, that creation set free to become what it was destined to be. Now, I need to answer a question. It's kind of a big question because people want to know, well, what exactly you know, is this new earth going to be? And it all revolves around the little word new. What does it mean, new heavens and new earth? Because just as in English, we can say, I just bought a new car. Well, that car didn't have ex existence before it was put together in Detroit or Japan or Mexico or whatever, but it's something brand new. Or we can come out some night and look up in the sky and see a new moon. Now, we don't mean that the moon never existed before, that what we're looking at in the sky, but it's new in a new sense in time and and this time and space in which we are living. So it doesn't have a brand new existence. So which of the two? You know, I've kind of held both positions and I'll, I'm kind of leaning towards the new moon perspective. In other words, it is going to be this earth radically transformed. But on behalf of those who thinks the whole universe will be gone rather than transformed and then made anew, uh, there's 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10, which says the day of the Lord will come like a thief and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and the works of art that are upon it will be burned up. 
Now, this could easily lead one to think that it's going to be brand new. It's going to be a decomposition down to the atomic level and then renewed. Or it could be something renewed at the atomic level that causes this great transformation. Uh, there's a couple of places where I think this, this can be uh, seen. Dr. Beale, who I favor a lot in his commentary on Revelation, he says it's probably not a portrayal of a literal new creation. But what is it? A radically changed cosmos involving not merely ethical renovations, but transformation of the fundamental cosmic structure, including the physical elements. And that takes into consideration 2 Peter 3, along with Revelation chapter 21. But the point being, why do so many Christians live for today instead of tomorrow? Why is there hope in what's happening today or next weekend versus the new earth, which will be so filled with joy, so filled with goodness, so void of pain and sickness and death and tragedy and war. It'll be all gone. Evil will be gone. Uh, Well, part of the reason is that we think we're going to be up in heaven for all eternity after the second coming of Christ rather than a new heavens and a new earth. It would be like going to the most beautiful natural uh, forest or park that you've ever been to, looking at some just astoundingly beautiful waterfall, or if you're like me, privileged to live in the Carolinas, the Western Carolinas. I think we're living right now, I look out at the Blue Ridge Mountains and say, this is a preview of the new earth, which I'm looking for. And I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 129 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.